welcome back to the Stick 'Em Up podcast. Brundi, what do we got for us to this week? Well, the first part of this week, as everybody listening now knows, this is uh, the first kind of midweek episode we're doing. Um, we've we've kind of talked about doing it for for a bit now, but we decided, hey, you know what? We've got a few things on the agenda here that we can we can discuss. So here we are, coming coming midweek at you, and we got uh, we got a few things to talk about. Uh, where do you want to start here? Um, if you don't mind, I'll start here with just a couple uh, milestones over the past couple of days. Uh, the other day, uh, Anze Kopitar passed uh, Marcel Dion to become the all-time leading assist leader in LA Kings history with 758 assists. So, stick taps for Kopitar. Yeah, not to mention, I mean, he's still got quite a few couple, at least I would say three minimum years still left in the league after this year. So that number is just going to continue to to grow. And he's really going to, by the end of his career, he's really going to set himself apart from uh, the rest of the rest of the group. There. The rest of their history there, for sure. Yeah. Um, and Victor Hedman, uh, just tonight, uh, played in his 1000th game. Uh, in the NHL, all 1,000 with the Tampa Bay Lightning against the Stars. Uh, they, I, I like just finished watching that game, and they won four nothing. So they uh, also ended their four game losing streak uh, with a shutout. So that was nice. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a huge bounce back game for them. Especially, I mean, we're not going to get into it, but I mean, it's that was that was the second of their their back to back games against the stars so it was nice for them to kind of get a little bit of a little bit of a revenge game there yep um is it was that it for the milestones uh yeah yeah i believe it was just those two as far as right on right on um one big thing we didn't actually it was it came out before um our episode last friday but we didn't uh, i had it written down and i think i I got on a rant about something stupid and forgot about it. Um, but we did we did talk about it uh, before. Um, there was speculation about it, but we do have confirmation now that the NHL is going back to the fantasy draft format for the All-Star game. Um, so it'll be, you know, you're still going to have the four captain. Like, it's still going to be the whole, um, uh, you know, little mini three-on-three tournament as it has been. So you're going to have four team captains which will also feature a celebrity um assistant captain and yeah they're going back to the the fantasy draft format for it which i think is awesome um i mean for anyone who who's against it this will sell you on it right right here this right here like not only is it just you're getting more uh more kind of bang for your buck with the all-star weekend because now this will make it a, a three day thing um with all to, like with the skills competition and then the actual all-star game uh so you get an extra you know two to three hours of of nhl players where you're gonna get the most personality out of them that you're ever gonna get yeah like and this is literally just we don't all get of them a ton from nhl players no like, that's it's nice to see them you know there was a lot of guys showing some personality at this past uh one in florida so Hopefully, hopefully we can see a bit more of that personality shining through and get to see a bit more of the players. Like we don't need a bunch of stuff from their lives, but 
even just them hanging out and having fun is just like neat to see. Well, and exactly like look like you said at the All-Star game last year in Florida, we kind of saw a little bit of it, but so much of it was forced because they had a camera shoved in their face or constantly yeah. being interviewed and, and fed questions and whatnot. Like this is going to be all of them just just hanging out together. Like they're not being forced to do this or this or like they're just hanging out, having a good time with each other. So I think it's I think it's going to be awesome for for the league. And again, it's just cool because now you get that, you know, mixture of players together where you, you might see a, you know, assuming McDavid's one of the captains, maybe he uses his uh, his first pick to draft Bedard in it. And then, you know, because you normally wouldn't get that being in the Pacific and Central. But now you've actually got the opportunity to, to have different guys play together with each other, which I think will just make it a more fun, um, uh, just make the All-Star game in itself a lot more fun, having these different players mixed together who you normally don't ever see play together or anything. Yeah, I think that, I think it's just going to be, it's just more variety. It's going to be more fun. It's also just more fun when the players have a bit more control instead of it just being this corporate event that the players show up to that it sometimes yeah. feels like so yeah i i really think it'll be good um one thing that i actually don't know the answer i i'm assuming i kind of do but i actually do have no idea uh you said that the uh celebrities are going to be assistant captains yeah um i assume they're not playing but they might be no, no they're okay. not playing are no. they are they helping pick the teams yeah Okay. So, it, I mean, one that you can, it's probably a slam dunk is going to happen. Like, I would bet everything on it is it's taking place in Toronto. So, assuming Austin Matthews will probably be the captain of one of the teams. So, you'll see, it'll, it'll probably honestly be like Justin Bieber is the, Justin the assistant Bieber captain and helps, yeah. and helps Matthews uh, pick his team. Also, um, this is the first time it's happened. And I think... Honestly, it's probably going to be more exciting than the actual NHL All-Star little three-on-three tournament. Um, I don't know when it's taking place. I think it might be on the same day as the skills competition, the day before. Um, But they're doing a a three-on-three game um, consisting of a bunch of the top players from the the professional women's league, which is um, actually underway now. So... Or at awesome. least I think it's underway. I saw clips of it, so I think it must be. Um, but so I think that'll yeah. also be really cool because, again, you know, these these women are are going to put on way more of a show, I think, than than the NHL players will. I think they're going to be more more hungry and they're actually going to be going out there and they're going to be given like 110% the whole game because they really want to. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So I think and- that's going to be great for the weekend as well like it, it, it's just like adding those two things in is going to make it so much more um you know special and i think it'll honestly uh drive a lot more people into actually watching it where we're kind of seeing less and less people care about it each year so i think this is a good way to to bring some people back in yeah 100 percent. i it's it seems just like a great change and hopefully because for quite a few years now, people have been wanting some overhauls of the of the All Star competition. So, if this yeah. can make it any better, by all means, you know they got to. Even if it doesn't work, it, it's nice that they're trying something. Like mm-hmm. instead of just going with the same thing that's been getting stale and staler. 
So. Oh, it's been so stale. Like, yeah. I still watch it every year just because, you know, why not? I'm a huge hockey fan. Like, it's just, you know, something diehard hockey fans do, even if they're not happy with the product that they're being given. They still watch it anyways, because why the yeah. hell not, right? Yeah. So sure. I think it'll actually be a lot more exciting this year and entertaining than the last five or six years have been. Yeah. Uh, what do you got? Uh, do you got anything next? Um, yeah, well, I mean, we kind of, <laughs> we kind of, uh, discussed it, uh, the other day. Um, so I, I went on a pretty big rant the other day, um, about the Sharks playing defenseman Jacob McDonald on forward. Uh, yep. and I mean, since then, uh, the Sharks have only played two games since then, and Jacob McDonald has scored three goals. Um, three goals on five shots, I might add. So, what a beauty. 60, 60% shooting percentage since then. Uh, so, I, that was honestly quite a surprise to me. Um, I just. So, I apologize to Jacob McDonald because, I mean, a, a defenseman going up on forward and putting the puck in the net more than any of their other Fords the last two games is, oh, well, maybe aside from Duclair, but um, also worth noting, actually, uh, we were talking about it on Friday when the Sharks were playing the Devils and the Sharks had scored two goals, which was the first time this season in their 11th road game that uh, they scored more than more than two goals in a game. They got shut out in, uh, I think it was four of them, and then they've o- they only scored one goal in the other six. That's um, brutal. So since then, in their last two road games, playing in uh, New Jersey, New, New Jersey, York. and then and then yeah, in Madison Square Garden against the Rangers, the Sharks went from six road goals on the year. They're now up to seventeen, uh, scoring yeah. six against New Jersey, and then. Uh, putting up five against the Rangers the next game, so that's that's pretty that's a pretty good uh, bounce back for them, and that's probably got to give a lot of confidence to the guys there, where uh, confidence has been really really lacking for them, to say the least. Yeah, and that's that's some teams to do that against too. Even with some of the guys the Devils have been missing, the Devils are still a pretty good team, and I mean the Rangers are like top of the league. They're like at the very least top two right now, I think. So. Yeah, being able to put up, you know, they lost. Rangers like are first in the, six the league. Five, that's pretty good. Yeah, not to mention it, like the fact that uh, I think my biggest takeaway is just the fact that um, Keandre Miller scored with about seven minutes left to make it a six-three game, and so you know you're kind of like, well, that's that's that seals the deal right there, like game over. But then within the next three minutes, the Sharks went out, went bang bang, and scored two to make it a one-goal game. So. You know, for a team that's been really struggling to to score on the road, the fact that even when they're down six three, they can still fight and and battle to to put two two quick goals together there to make it a close game is is really good. Yeah, that's so, that's pretty awesome. To by no means see them still be rallying. You know, that like it's moments like that where it's like there there really is no tanking. Like there there are some yeah. GM moves where I wonder if they're trying to tank, but. I don't think the coaches or the players ever want to. No, no. I mean, the coaches, like, 
the the thing is, is coaches maybe like if there's a behind the scenes, you know, maybe conversation with the GM where it's like, hey, you know, your job is safe and whatnot. But no players are ever going to go out there and and purposely lose a game. Like that's just yeah. That's that's not how it works in in professional sports. So you could tell the players, hey, go out there and tank. We want a good draft pick. But the players are like, no, we have too much pride in ourselves. And you know, some players are they're fighting for contracts and yeah, yeah, and their place in the league. So yeah, unless they go, hey, uh, hey, sign me to a one year, eight million dollar contract, and then I'll tank. Like, then we'll talk because. Otherwise, you're just taking money off the table. Yeah, exactly, right? Do you think um, Do you think McDonald is going to pull a reverse Brent Burns and stay a forward? I don't. I don't know. I'm. It, it's weird right now. Um, just because, like, San Jose has such a, a log jam on, uh, on like with defensemen right now. Like as of right now in their active roster, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and that's also inc- that's not including um, Ty Emerson, who is currently on IR, and then Redeem Shimmick and Nikolai Knizhov that are also down in uh, the AHL. So like they have so many, uh, like they they just have so many defense in their system, and then even on forward you've got. Uh, Philip Zadina, who's on IR, Luke Cunning, uh, Logan Couture, like, so once those guys come back, like, there's not going to be a spot for, you know, McDonald to play forward. But then is there, you know, I mean, he's been playing well, but like, is there room for him on defense? Like, eventually the Sharks are going to have to, I I know they already put Kanijov on waivers. Um, He did go unclaimed. Um, I think largely just due to still uncertainty about him coming back from injuring his cap hit. Um, so, th- I mean, they're, they're going to have to make some moves soon. Um, and Elliot Friedman even alluded to that the other day, talking about how, you know, teams have been calling the Sharks about defensemen. Um, I know Mario Ferraro's name was thrown out there. I, I don't think he gets moved just because, I mean, he's the Sharks best defenseman right now he's a guy and a, and a huge leader on that team at such a young age so that's a guy they can you you know use as a building piece on defense and if he does yeah. get moved it's it's gonna be for a a hefty package and even Friedman noted that like if if he is to get traded I don't think he will but if a team is able to get him like they are gonna have to give up um, a hefty amount for him I think probably I uh, I would say even a little bit more around the lines of uh, what Tampa Bay gave up for Tanner Janot last year. Like, I think it's going to have, like, yeah. maybe not as many draft picks, but I think those high-end draft picks and, and then yeah. a prospect or two. Yeah. Um, just because you, you know what you're getting out of him and just like, on a good contract right now and also just what he brings to the locker room. I, but I don't yeah. see him getting moved, but Especially eventually. The sharks aren't the Sharks aren't pressed to do it. Because they can just yeah. keep them and not do a deal at all. It's not like Eric Carlson, where you know you you're on a bit of a time crunch with that great year he had to unload yeah. the contract. Like you, you know that you can just keep them. So yeah, it exactly. would definitely take a lot to prime away from San Jose. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't see it happening, but like I said, you know, eventually, um, 
like someone's like a, I would say probably at least two defensemen are going to have to get moved eventually. And I don't see it being Kalen Addison. Kyle Burroughs was just signed. I don't see it being him. Uh, Ty Emerson, like he's, he's a rookie now. They just claimed him off waivers at the beginning of the season. He's looked good. I don't see it being him. I don't see it being Ferraro or a Hoyuk and then Vlasic's not getting moved. So you, then you're looking at Jan Ruda, Jacob McDonald and Matt Benning right. of the current players on, on the roster. I think yeah. two of them would, would uh, probably get moved. And again, Jan Ruda, probably not just because he hasn't been playing very well at all. And his contract um, is a little bit higher where I think Jacob McDonald's making under a million. And then Matt Benning's making uh, just a little bit over a million dollars uh, for this season and the next two after. So that's, and, and he's a right-handed shot. So I think there's going to be a lot of uh, teams interested in him because to get a, a right-handed shot defenseman that can play on your third pair, making just a little over a million dollars and he's locked in. I, yeah. I think teams will, will jump on that and they won't have to pay much for that either. Yeah. Won't have to pay much. Well, um, well said he, he knows his sharks hockey folks. Yeah, there's, there's not many good things to say about them, but what I can say is they have a lot of players that <laughs> that teams can be calling about. That's for sure. And you got to have something. Um, yeah. Just going to throw in real quick here. Uh, the Jets the other day uh, extended Nino Niederreiter. Yeah. Uh, Three-year contract, $4 million average for $12 million total. Uh, great signing, really. What a, what a great pickup that was last year by them. And to lock him in at that, I, that's unbelievable for them. He's yeah. been such a, a good player for them. Not only, like, I'm going to look up his stats so far this year. Um, not only has he been producing pretty decently often, he's got 14 points in 23 games, kind of as a, a middle six winger. Um, but even his defensive game and his physicality and what he brings, like, that that's a steal to get him at that contract for yeah. for what he brings to that team. Yeah, he he really does everything pretty well, and then he scores very well. Like yeah, for, to get a guy for that long at that price is incredible. The Jets Especially have slowly it's... been making some really good moves since the off season. Yeah, and like it's they're not a team that uh, in my memory ever in hockey has ever been like a juggernaut but like they're starting to look like they could be really scary yeah well and even looking at that niederreiter um another thing that we were going to talk about is uh how the salary cap is projected to go up um for next year it's apparently going to be raised by 4.2 million dollars so basically that cap going up covers this entire niederreiter contract now for them which i, I think is is huge for them um, and I mean, and obviously for all these other teams, like the fact that it's going up 4.2 is, is insane. But, um, yeah, like you said, what, uh, what Winnipeg's doing is like, they've just been on a roll lately, um, with the moves they've been making. And what are they now? They're high in the standings. I'm pretty sure. They I'm, are doing very good. I'll bring up eighth the in the league. Eighth in, and that's Ooh. league. That's not conference. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah that's, that's the. The whole dang league. So yeah, I mean, and and Niederreiter's been a big part of 
of their success and where they're at right now. So, yeah, like you said, what was it? 16 points. He's that's, that's pretty good in 23 games for a $4 million player. Yeah. And that's why I'm taking into account all, all the other things he does on the ice for him. Yeah. Um, if, uh, if you don't have anything else right away, I'll just go over some of the league leaders currently. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think? All right, so first, uh, uh, of course, we got points. Nikita Kucherov leading the way with 40 points, uh, followed by Pasternak and Miller, both tied at 36 apiece. We got uh, Brock Besser at 17 goals, and then we got Austin Matthews and Sam Reinhardt, both at 16. Uh, for goals against average, we got Aiden Hill in Vegas with 1.8, 1.87. Cam Talbot in L.A. with 1.96. And Jeremy Swayman in Boston with a 2.08. And then for save percentage, we got Aiden Hill again, a 9.35. He's doing very well this year. Uh, Charlie Lindgren with a 9.34. And Jeremy Swayman with a 9.32. Yeah. A uh, bit of a telling story here for le league leaders in plus-minus. Uh, tied at the top, Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes, 18 apiece. And in third, yeah. we got Barkov. So that's... Those two defensemen are right up there. It is neck and neck for the Norris at the moment. Yeah, that, that's going to be a, uh, a huge battle there uh, for the Norris coming down between. What's probably going to end up being those two. Like I think that's kind of what the race is, is going to be throughout the season now. Unless um, they both really slow down or somebody else really heats up, it's, it's yeah. going to be hard to see it be otherwise. I think you need a combination of both. I think you need them to slow down. You need someone to really heat up because they're, yeah. they're so like far ahead of, of the rest of the pack right now. So, But still so much time left um, throughout yeah. this season. Yeah, I believe behind them, taking a quick look here. Yeah, the next two defensemen in points uh, who are both tied at 25, 25 uh, points each is Philip Ronick, who plays with Quinn Hughes, so no shot at winning the Norris there, and Victor Hedman. So, yeah, the, the, the current odds for the, the James Norris right now is Quinn Hughes is the favorite at plus 150. Kale McCarr is second at plus 180. And then third is a tie between Darlene and Heiskanen at plus 1400. So, does it even have uh, Hedman on there? What are his odds? H Hedman is uh, Adam Fox is in fourth at plus uh, 2200. And then Victor Hedman is right underneath at plus 2500. Jeez, that's not bad odds for a guy oh. who's been really good defensively this year. And he's 25 points in 25 games. Yeah, yeah. You know, so as of right now, like Hughes and McCarr, McCarr has are... thirty-four and twenty-three. Like, yeah, these other guys are going nuclear. Yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, throughout the season, like you know, that's that's a great thing about hockey is is anything can happen, uh, anything can change. So there's there's still lots of time for for that to to change. I don't expect it to, but it could. That's the great part about it. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it before where guys have just had an absolutely insane February-March, and they just 
shoot right up the rankings. Like, yeah, it's uh, it's not yeah. over until the season's over. Yeah. Um, That's all I got have... for the leaders here. Okay. Is there anything else you had? In uh, I have one only no. one more thing. Like that's where we, we don't have a whole lot. Um Yeah. These, just because it's only a couple of days since the last yeah, one. Yeah, these half week ones can can be a bit shorter. Yeah. Um yeah, so I had one thing um that I'm gonna ask you. This is gonna be fun. So I'm and, and this is your your judgment. You can judge it or base it however you want because this is your list. So I'm gonna go I have five. And I'm going to go, I'm going to, one at a time, I'm going to tell you um, a jersey number. And then you have to rank them one to five, but you don't know which numbers are coming up next. So you're blind ranking them. So and you're you, going to list, say, say the number is 88. You're going to be giving me five players uh, and I'm ranking them best to worst. As no, I know. I'm just, I'm giving you five different jersey numbers entirely. Oh, and I'm just ranking how good that jersey number is. Like, yeah, just and like you can rank how it. How much I like it. Yeah, so you can, whether you want to base it off players who have wore it, or okay. if, you, if you're playing hockey, which one would you wear? Just which number's the coolest? Like, it's totally your list, so you can, uh, okay. whichever way you want to rank them. The kicker is just you don't know what numbers uh, are coming next. Okay. So the first one, number 19. Number pretty 19, iconic jersey. Number nineteen is pretty iconic. I'm, uh, it's it was a little bit before my time, but I still have a great respect for a lot of the players who wore it. I'm gonna put it at the solid number three. Solid number three. All right, all right. Now reverse one number that I imagine you're going to say at some point. So I'm like trying to keep that number one spot open for it. Now I'm gonna reverse it. Number ninety one. And that is the one I was talking about. I'm gonna put that right up there at number one. That's really that's gonna go. Oh, that's okay. That that All is right. a great number. It just looks awesome on a jersey, and the list is endless of incredible superstars who have wore it. Like the only number that I might ever put above that is my number, which is 13. But like that's which is why I specifically left 13 me. off of off of this list. Yeah. So spoiler: 13 isn't coming. Yeah. I mean. 91, Nikita Zadorov, right? Oh, Nikita Zadorov. <laughs> That's what I think of when I think of 91. The third number. Number seven. Number seven. Looks real, looks real good on a defenseman. Looks a little weird on a, on a forward. I'm, I'm going to put this, I'm going to put this at the four spot. The four I, spot. I think this is decent, but I don't think it's All better right. than uh, 19. The fourth number. This is a big one because you've, got, because you've got five and two left. Is 88. 88. It, oh, I mean, I'm, a, I'm obviously biased because Vassy wears it, but man, yeah. like that, that eight, eight, like it's so symmetrical and nice. It's, that's clean. So clean. That's got to be the number it's, two. It's clean. You're putting it at two? You probably actually picked decent numbers for this. I was expecting one of them to be like a gross, like a like a 53 or something. 
<laughs> I'm like saving that bottom spot for any 50 number. Like, well, the the fifth number that's going in your number five spot is no 53. <laughs> is 53. So there you go. <laughs> Holy shit! I purposely saved that one till the end because I was wondering if you were gonna leave that fifth number till the till. Five or five going to be stuck I almost said fifty-seven else. too. Just like any any mid fifties or like even just the the solid fifty, like anything starting with a five, it just it just feels bad. So I, so I actually it. did have um, fifty-seven is the original number I was going to use, but then I I thought I literally can't even think of a single player who's worn fifty-seven, so I went to fifty-three. Yeah, uh, we, which I, I think is... even use the same line of thinking to get to fifty-three. Which I think is the Impatico. the Teddy Bluger special oh, Teddy in Vancouver Blue. right now. I think fifty three is also what. Uh, have you ever seen those things where it's like looking at NHL players, like these stars in the league now? But it's like when they first came into the league, the number that they they wore, like their rookie season. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just gonna look it up here because I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure. I know, I, I know, I know the first one is for sure. Um, just that... to double check with this one. Did Kucherov wear that? I think, I don't know if it was 53, but he wore, or it might have been 58, I think. He wore, he wore a 50s number for his first game, first few games. I'm, I'm pretty sure he did wear, I'm pretty sure he was 53, actually. Um, I, I can find it here. Because the the two that I the two that I do know for sure when they first came into the league and wore oh Kucherov was fifty six fifty six fifty six um Joe Pavelski and Johnny Goudreau both wore fifty three um when they first entered the league mm. which I, I think it was kind of back then it was almost like when you or like yeah I think it's when they kind of came up it was more so just here's your number and then it was like hey now that you're actually like on like you've now the following season like you've made the team and you're a part of the team now you can actually pick your number yeah yeah now you get the the luxury of of picking what number you want to go with yeah that makes sense hey no but you you did very well with that list i i was really hoping you were gonna like you're gonna be like oh there's got to be a good one coming so i'm gonna save my one or two till the end and then you're stuck with 53 there nope Number number ninety one is the one I was waiting for, uh, to put that at number one. Yeah, because that one's been that's been a a very popular debate over the last year between people is like which which number now, like you know you go back ten years ago nineteen is obviously the more iconic number, but now it's like there's an actual argument of you know which one do people think is kind of a more iconic jersey number between uh 19 or 91 which both i have really think it's just a uh, very solid argument i think it's just a difference of uh generation because th- the majority of uh guys who wear 91 in the nhl wore it because one of their favorite players wore 19 and it got retired yeah so yeah you know a lot of guys like who wore who wore 19 was it uh Yeiserman wore it uh peter forsberg or was it uh joe Sackick? I think it was. Ooh, I want to say, I want to say it was uh, Sackick. More nineteen. I think it was. I think it was Joe Sackick. or nineteen. 
I'm pretty sure Sackick did. Joe Thornton yeah. did. He was yeah, another big one. That a lot, a lot of guys, did. a lot of guys looked up to. Honestly, I think at the end of the day, if you're wearing, like, I think just in general, I think nine is one of the most popular numbers ever. Just because, I mean, nine obviously, nineteen, ninety-one, ninety-nine, and now obviously you're gonna have and also uh, just Gordy Howe. <laughs> Yeah, and like, now you're going to have 97 and 98 thrown in there with McDavid and Bedard. Like. Yeah. Basically, you can't go wrong if you've got a 9 like in, your, in your jersey number. Um, but yeah, that's what I had there. That was my one little, my one little thing I brought to, to class for us today. I like that. That's, that's good. I I can't believe not only did I guess it, but also just that you had That's like just so a gross funny. fifty in there. Yeah. Like, I had I to. literally I just said to. the grossest number I could think of. I was really debating. I was like, man, do I leave do I leave ninety I was debating between do I leave ninety one to the end or the the gross fifty number. Yeah. If if anyone out there wears fifty three, like you're fine because Joe Pavelski and Johnny Goudreau did it. So it's, it's still technically somewhat cool. Yeah. You got it. You just got to own it. You just got to own it and make it cool. 97 some, is kind of a weird looking number. What are some wild see? goalie numbers that you can think of that goalies have worn? Like I know kind of the common ones is like one 31, 32, 34, I know Vassy wears 88. I was going to say, 88's like a, a cool number, but like it's not very common for goalies. Honestly, I think Bobrovsky wearing 72 is actually kind of sick. 72, that's definitely out there for a goalie. For sure. I, I can't even think of it. I, other than Vassy, I know so few goalie numbers just because it's so hard to keep track because they're all 30, 31, or 33. Yeah, Brzezgalov. Like teams in the league is retired with, number one. Yeah, Brzezgalov wore number eighty at one point. That's good. I like I like all of almost all of the eighties and nineties for a goalie. Honestly, you know what I think is actually a really sick um, goalie number that we don't see as much nowadays is thirty three. Yeah, I think thirty three is a pretty. I think I that might Patrick be the Walmart only time a fifty a fifties number works. A fifty-five on a goalie, I think. I think any double, double-digit like a copy number, like an eleven, a twenty-two, a thirty-three. I think any yeah. of those would look good on the back of a goalie. Actually, yeah, maybe maybe not eleven. I think eleven might look a little weird. Depends on the font, maybe. Yeah, just because like goalie jerseys are so big. Yeah, yeah. So you, want at least, you want at least a number that can take up some space. That's fair. Dude, a goalie comes into the league and wears 66. <laughs> Could you imagine? That would be Dude, I just imagine a player coming over from like from like Finland or something, and for like whatever reason, he just like never really watched a ton of NHL. And he just like asks for number 99. He doesn't he doesn't know that it's retired league wide. Yeah. Um but with that, I mean, do you, do you have any anything left, or is that uh, is that kind of all we got for today? Uh, nothing other than uh, Joe Sackick jersey number. Uh, when you put that into Google, at least uh, when I did, uh, it comes up saying nineteen, and then below that it says eighty-eight and ninety-one and fifty-three. 
So if you ever wonder if uh, <laughs> Google's listening, uh, they definitely are. Yeah. Yeah, but I think uh, that kind of wraps up this episode here um, of the Stick'em Up podcast. Again, as always, if you want to join in on the conversation with us, um, you can always find us over on Twitter slash X or Instagram at S-E-U Hockey. Again, three simple letters and then hockey. You can find us on there. Uh, shoot us a message. Um, send us threats. Whatever you want to do, uh, we will respond to everything. Because this is a very exciting time to be a hockey fan. We got great NHL action going on. We are now less than a month away from the World Juniors. Um, I know the the U.S. kind of put out their preliminary team um, of who's you know kind of in the mix to make the team. Uh, more and more teams will start to do that in in the next coming days. But which means we're getting very close to uh, to having some World Junior content, which. I'm I'm looking very forward to. I know I know you must be as well. So that's uh, very exciting stuff for for people to look forward to in the future. I'd say. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun going forward. And yeah, we definitely want to we want to get more engaged on on Twitter. We've already started doing that a good bit, but um, yeah, yeah. If, even if it's not about the podcast, you want to hit us up and be like, what what content do you want to see more of us? Do you want do you want us to give you shitty vlogs posted onto Twitter? Because, like, we could just do that. Like, yeah. We, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're fine to, by the seat of our pants a little bit, and that's fine. Yeah, we're open to to any suggestions of of what you guys want to see because we want to to help bring you the best um, hockey content that you are you are craving, and we are here to to produce that. Um, we love to talk hockey. We love to do anything regarding hockey and if it's something you guys want to see we will do our very best to make that happen yep and uh, i said it better myself with that said you got anything else you want to add in before we hop off here uh nope nothing other than uh kucherov uh got to a 10 game point streak tonight so that was yeah, there we go right on right on awesome all right well Thanks to everybody for listening once again, and we will catch you guys in the next one.